The National Association of Manufacturers was founded in 1895, the same year the hero of our story was born. This association helped form the U.S. Department of Commerce and U.S. Chamber of Commerce, both leading to improved financial health for the United States. In this episode, I'm going to tell you a similar story about a man that helped an organization grow to new heights, and this organization was the NFL. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you to come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time as we step off our DeLorean, the date is February 25th. 1895, and we are in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The hero of our story is De Beneville Bell, whom is also known as Burt Bell. Now, his grandfather served in Congress, his father was Philadelphia's district attorney, and his brother was Pennsylvania's governor before he later served as a chief justice on the state Supreme Court. So, we're talking about a family that was deep rooted in politics and in government. So he would go to play and coach at the University of Pennsylvania. But his dad wasn't too thrilled that he would play football and choose that as a career over politics. But there was a quote that came from Burt Bell that said, All I ever wanted to be was a football man. And a football man he was. You see, the first kind of glimpse as far as the NFL goes for him came in 1933 when he purchased the team that would end up becoming the Philadelphia Eagles. He was the first owner and the coach of the Eagles, where he would preside over the team from 1933 to 1940, and he had major financial losses. But he kept the team going, and it would be a very storied franchise. And if you haven't picked up on the theme yet, tomorrow night is the opening of the NFL regular season for the year of 2018, and that is the reason why this episode was chosen, because the Eagles won their very first Super Bowl last year against the New England Patriots. So we are honoring that momentous victory by talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and their founder and owner prior to the 2018 season. But like I said, he had major financial losses, and he was only the owner and coach for the Eagles from 1933 to 1940. Then in 1941, he became a co-owner and coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he would do so up until 1946, which he would ultimately end up becoming an NFL commissioner. But let's go back to the time with the Eagles. You see, he was uh, hard-pressed to find talent, and of course, if he didn't have as much money, it's harder to bring in the big guns. So in 1935, he would introduce and propose something that was ludicrous at the time. He wanted to have an NFL draft, where we would bring in the college players and each team, based on, you know, the losers first from the previous year, they would select and pick the rights to have the college players on their team which then created the NFL draft, a a whole spectacle of its own. And Burt Bell was at the beginning of it all. So the first NFL draft, the inaugural NFL draft, was in 1935. And there's kind of an interesting topic and just one of those kind of, uh, what do you say, random facts about the first NFL draft and that player that was drafted. Um, I'm not going to talk about it right now. I'm going to let you kind of stew on that. You know, a little bit of chunky Campbell soup stew for you. Philadelphia Eagles, Donovan McNabb style. But there's something interesting about him. So, moving forward. Let's talk about Philadelphia Eagles. 
the reason why Burt Bell was so perfect to be the owner and coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they say that he was just a hoot. There was a, a, like a story that came from one guy in the video that said uh, he was running down the hall saying, who wants chicken sandwiches? Who wants chocolate ice cream? It's all on the Eagles because we made all the money this year. Well, it, they didn't make a whole lot of money for a while there. So I'm like, what's going on here? It doesn't make any sense. But that's just the way the dude was. And there's another story instance where he got into it with a reporter. And the reporter ended up saying, there were two cracked bells in Philly. And of course, being the crazy character he was, he loved the idea that he was a cracked bell, just like, you know, the Liberty Bell. But one of the stories that I liked the most was this time where I guess he was going into a restaurant and he had two people with him. And there was some guy in the streets that yelled at him, said, the Eagles stink. And Burt Bell turned around. He walked those two people into the restaurant, sat them down. Then he would proceed to walk out the door. And they're like, where's this guy going? All of a sudden, they started hearing some commotion. They're like, what? what? what's going on out there? So they walked outside to see what was going on. And there was Burt Bell, you know, this owner coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, he was rolling around and fighting that guy that said the Eagles stink. Now, that's a dude that you want to get behind. But things would move on. He would end up becoming the commissioner of the NFL from 1946 to 1959. And they considered him possibly the greatest commissioner in the NFL of all time. The Pro Football Hall of Fame website said that during his tenure, he really built the NFL image greater than ever thought possible. Now, the first thing he did in his first year was he took a stance on gambling and he started the conduct codes of the NFL. And that might not seem like much, but think about it. If you have gambling, you know, insider gambling and things like that going on, the integrity of the game, that could be ruined because people will think, well, this professional football is just all rigged. It's a scam. It's like the WWE or W, whatever they had back then, wrestling and stuff. Let's go back to college football, they'd be thinking. But no, he said, we're going to take a stand on this. Our professional players are going to act like professional gentlemen. So he started this conduct code. And there's a quote that comes from Sam Huff, a linebacker for the Giants from 1956 to 1963 that kind of sums it up a little bit, where he would come into the locker room and he would lay down the law. And it goes as such. Burt Bell was the only commissioner that used to travel around to all the football teams during training camps. And he would always say, gentlemen, there are three ways that will get you out of this league. Drinking, gambling, and women. And let me tell you something. When you put them all together, your history. End quote. But with that being said, I mean, he still looked out for the players. It wasn't a, you know, owner dictatorship type thing or whatever. It was he understood that the players were their employees and they made the money for the league. So there's an instance where he showed some real moxie standing up to the owners by recognizing the NFL Players Association. Now, I mean, think about it. These are the owners that are paying you basically as a commissioner to be the commissioner. Because they are making the league what it is. But you have the players who are actually bringing the fans to the stands. So, being a good commissioner that he was, he stuck in the ground and he said, we need to do what is the best interest of pro football. In fact, that's what he did. He would refer to the league constitution that allowed him to act on any matter in the best interest of pro football. With that being said, he was on the side of the players. He was on the side of the coaches, the teams the owners, the league, basically anybody that would help him create this perfect image of the NFL. Maybe not perfect, but just something that was a lot better than it was before. 
something that could create the momentum to take it to heights of which it had never seen. Now, there's also an instance in the video that I was watching where his daughter said that he would always end meetings by telling the players that, here's my phone number. You can call me any day, time or night, whatever it is, just call me and I'm going to answer. And he would help them out. It didn't have to be just football related. He could talk about family issues, personal issues, whatever it was. But think about it. You have the commissioner of the NFL, obviously a busy dude, who would take time out for his players to be able to help them get through any challenges that they had in their life. So no wonder they wanted to give all they had to him to be able to make this league what it is today. Kind of reminds me of Professor X from the X-Men. Now basically, he was looking out for everybody. He had the responsibility to protect the NFL and the owners, which in Professor X's case is the Earth and all the cities, as well as protect the players, which of course in Professor X's case was the mutants. So even though it might not make a whole lot of sense, let's call him Professor X. Now one way that he protected everybody within his realm was that his first order was to lead a costly fight against a new rival league, the All-American Football Conference. Now, he could have just given in, but he said nah. He rejected settlements that would end up leaving the AAFC intact. He did not want to just, you know, sit down. He would ultimately preside over a merger, but, you know, really gutting and taking over the AAFC, that would lead to three of the teams bouncing over to the NFL. And these teams were the Baltimore Colts, the Cleveland Browns, and the San Francisco 49ers. The rest, you're gone. As a commissioner, one of the biggest things he also did was he would help the NFL get into TV. Now, television was a young industry at the time. So Bell, not sure if Professor X could really see into the future, and I think he did probably so. Who knows? He could, you know, mind read and that kind of thing. But maybe he could see into the future, and he knew what TV was going to turn into. And he knew that even though it would be great for the league as a whole, it could also squash stadium attendance. It could cause some problems. In fact, just like Professor X's buddy Magneto, it might be a liken to crushing a can of soda with his mind. So he kind of stepped back. He would protect the league, protect the owners, protect the cities, and he would use some of that, you know, future seeing capabilities and he would do something that maybe at the time was like, well, what's the point? But then we understand now what it could have caused. So ticket prices, you know, they're of course, they're a majority of the team revenue at the time. They didn't have the TV sponsorship money, commercial money. They didn't have as many, you know, jerseys and bobbleheads and whatnots and stuff. The league owners had to, for the most part, rely on all the money that they made at the game. You know, it could be food and all that stuff too, but we're talking about mostly like gate receipts. So Bell, in his infamous wisdom, would create a policy that only road games could be broadcast in home cities which ultimately led to this whole, you know, blackout games unless sold out thing. Now, I remember back in the day trying to hold, you know, get this antenna up on top of the roof. And no, this is Michigan, so winter and ice, mind you not. And, you know, trying to get that game out of Cadillac, or I'm not sure if it was Cadillac, but some city or something. And I think that's where it came from. So if my dad would have slipped and broke his neck, Burt Bell, that would have been your fault. However, he did not. We're good. We got to watch Barry Sanders. Move on. Think about it. The ultimate marketing plan. He protected these gate tickets, meaning the only way you could watch a game is you go to that stadium. It's the whole, you know, you can't buy this thing. But still, 
he would give the fans the overall experience because he would partner with the television monsters, which I don't really know if they were monsters at the time. However, he still partnered with them, and they would let fans watch more games because now they can see the away games too, which I gotta believe. When they came back home, it made them, well, maybe in the case of the winners only, but it made them want to go to the stadium even more. So, synergistically, it worked. And it worked for the players as well. Because one thing that I saw that makes a lot of sense is due to the television, it meant that you could be a player anywhere and be a star. You know, like up in Green Bay where there's nothing. Not just New York City now. So, ultimately, yes, the pro game did flourish in the 1950s under Burt Bell. But probably what was the uh, pinnacle and climax of his career was in 1959. The 1959 championship, that is. Now, this is the game and the moment that when we did the interview, Chris Berman said that's where he's going to go back in time. So, you know, this has got to be an epic time in NFL history. But the 1959 championship, Bell's partnership with TV, and then now the 1959 championship had sudden death for the first time ever in NFL. So combine these two things at the same time. Football already gaining steam. You have on TV the 1959 championship game that goes into sudden death. Now, this is what blew open professional football for the United States. But that was just kind of like the pinnacle climax, you know, the top kind of moment as far as his career goes. And there are many other reasons why he was considered one of the best NFL commissioners, if not the best NFL commissioner of all time. But the Pennsylvania Historic Commission would end up dedicating a marker to Burt Bell. And at the ceremony, there's a quote that came from the speech from Harry Gamble, who was Eagles president from 1985 to 1995, and it went as such. Burt Bell did it all. He sold the tickets, coached the team, and he brought home the gate receipts in a cigar box, end quote. Which is one reason, because he dedicated his entire life to the NFL and football, that he was inaugurated to the Professional Football Hall of Fame class in 1963. But with that being said, on October 11, 1959, a game was played between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mind you, these were the two teams that Burt Bell had an affiliation with. Now at the end of the game, Tommy McDonald scored the winning touchdown for the Eagles. This was insignificant in many eyes. You see, in a story that not even a fiction writer could tell, at the same time Tommy scored that touchdown, Burt Bell suffered a heart attack, leading to his death. Poetically, his life ended where it all began. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Football History Dude and were able to gain some knowledge nuggets of one of the most influential league commissioners the NFL has ever seen. In the upcoming episode, we're going back to this year's Hall of Fame induction to hear stories on location from fans of the NFL. But for now, dudes, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads.